last week, we got a blast. It was just a blast of God. Craig was speaking. The the blast that came was like uh, any of you familiar with an outline. You know, there's uh, Roman numeral one, two, three. He was talking in Roman numerals. Those Roman numerals was a heading. Roman numeral two was another heading. And Roman numeral three, another, and so on. And uh, what I'd like to do is take a couple of those points and go uh, A, B, C. Okay. And uh, it's not going to be as structured <laughs> as that, but there was just some, some things. And, and uh, there's no way there was so much stuff. It was a blast. He wasn't using a lot of scripture just through Philippians 1 and some of 2. But there, there was just this, an abundance of supporting word that uh, was, if you take a listen, there's no way that you can listen to this once and really get the fullness and the impact of what Craig was saying. And, what, and, and honestly, what the Lord was saying, what he was trying to bring to us. And I'm going uh, I'm going to do some of that. Uh, <clears throat> one of the uh, as I was meditating on, on the words that came, uh, there was a, a couple of things that really came to be. And one of the first things that, that came was, "God is good. God is good. Each and every day. No matter what's going on in your life, God is good. And uh, we have tasted of that. We have tasted of the goodness of God. <clears throat> I, I took, uh, in my mind, took a scenario of someone that comes to Christ from the very first thing. And he said, and it was like this person... Uh, is coming from a life of sin, and, I, and I, it doesn't have to be big, huge sin. It can be little sin, but truly in an unsafe condition. And so they get to know. Do you need to turn that off? You look like you're really cold. Can you reach it, Caleb? Would you turn that? Well, if you do it that way, sure. <laughs> okay. She's over there shivering. (laughs) Um, And so someone who's in an unsafe condition and hears about the Lord comes into a a condition of being saved. They have a testimony. They have this testimony of saying, man, my life was like this and this and this. And all of a sudden now they are in a position of trying to live a life and succeeding because God is right there with with you to live the life of a Christian. And so, therefore, they have this testimony. Oh, I was a drunk. Oh, I, I took drugs. And, oh, you know. And, uh, and, and sometimes that's kind of hard on people like Beth and Sharon, who grew up in the church and uh, were elders' daughters and, you know, never really ventured out there that much because they were born with the fear of the Lord when they were little. 
I mean, they were like, God strike me dead, you know, if I lied. <laughs> so some of the reality of that is I don't have a testimony because I've always really been a good person. But the reality is your testimony is testifying of the presence of God. When God came into your life and did something and turned you away from something else. And that something else doesn't have to be hugely wrong. It just has to be the presence of God. When God showed up in my life, for the sinner, for the one who is unsaved, God shows up and shows you a whole different way, a whole different way of thinking. For those who are in Christ... Your testimony is that I was walking along and God impacted my life to talk to a person. That's the testimony. The testimony is when God shows up. That's it. It doesn't have to be I was a sinner and I became better or saved. But your testimony is when God shows up. And he, and he leads you and directs you and moves you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. That's what we strive for, the presence of God. Each and every day, each and every moment, we're looking for God, looking for God. And God is so faithful to us. He said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up, but I'm not going to show up just to show up. I'm going to show up to either work in you something that needs to be different. If you are in depression or unhappy, I'm coming to work in you joy. I'm coming to work into you what you need at that time. If you're sick, he comes to work a miracle in you to change your body. You see, we can enjoy God's presence all day long, but the reality is there's always purpose with his presence. Purpose with his presence. And so he's coming to bring something to you, to, if it's just love. I mean, I felt so much love this morning. I was going, you love us so much. When we were doing that last thing, that Namatiko song, singing hallelujah, I had my eyes closed the whole time, and it felt like there were many voices in this place, many, many voices. It, it was resounding. It was full in this place. And the reality is, I'm really trying to get away from the reality is, but it really is <laughs> that there were more voices than the number of people that were in here because I truly believe that angels were assisting us, that angels actually were filling this place with voices of praise and worship. It sounded much more than us. It Anyone else believe that? <laughs> Anyone else experience that? It was a presence of God. It was a presence of saying, I will have my place. I will have my throne. I will have this. Um, Craig, some, Craig said something last week. He says, they're trying to erase God out of our nation. And God says, you can't do that. It's not yours to do. This is my place. This is my house. This is, this is my country. I will make my presence known. Will it be in wrath? 
or will it be as a God who covers us under his pinions? That's a choice we got to make. I choose pinions. I choose his, his loving arm to cover me and love me. Either way, it's his. It's his. You know? And, and I will declare that and testify to that at any point at any time. Okay? Not shy, not ashamed. It is his. Okay? <clears throat> Despite circumstances... Whatever those circumstances are, whatever Satan would try to put on you, despite illness, disease, despite loss of loved ones, whatever is happening that that would make you question anything, God is still good. When Paul was in prison, he didn't sit down and sulk. He didn't say, oh, woe is me. He said, I'm going to worship and praise God. Gates are going to fly open. God will redeem this time. God will have his way and purpose even in my imprisonment. Because it's not about Paul. It's about giving glory to God. That he is good. In uh, uh, Deuteronomy 6.24, There are so many promises that God has, has brought to us. Uh, if, if I were to ask you, what are promises? What would, a, what would a promise mean? It would mean that your word, I believe, is true. And that if you promise me something, you're going to do it. Right? I mean, you, you think about that with your friend. Man, I'm gonna, I'll be there and pick you up, and I promise I'll be on time. Now, who's had those promises and it not show up? There's disappointment. There's a, there's a friend of mine, Bruce DeLay, and his name depicts his, uh, his nature. He is always delayed, <laughs> you know. I promise you I'll be there at 3. I expect him at 3.30. But God's not that way. God says, I promise you. So he will not disappoint. He will not disappoint. And And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to reverently fear the Lord our God and for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. He says, and the Lord commanded, commanded. And what does command mean? It means, I want you to do this. It's, it's, it's not talking about being polite when I'm asking. Would you please do this? No, ain't no please to it. I command you to do this. I am the Lord your God. Do this. To do all these statutes to reverently fear the Lord, our God, for our good always. No matter what, no matter what day it is, he says it is for your good always. Have you ever had a boss that you knew it really wasn't about the business? 
but it was about him getting out of work. You know, I'm telling you to do this so I don't have to do it. I've been there, and my kids probably think I'd do it. He he, he wants me to do it because he don't want to do it. I think that's a good reason sometimes. But <laughs> they're going, yeah, sure. But the reality, ah, stop it. But God truly wants us to fear the Lord, our God, for our good. Always. Deuteronomy twelve twenty eight. Deuteronomy twelve twenty eight. There we go. Be watchful and obey all these words which I command you that it it may go well with you. And not just with you and with your children after you forever. How big of a promise is that for you? That I don't just want to know the goodness of God in my life. I want to know the goodness of God in his life. And not just in his life, but in his children's lives. To know the goodness of God. There is, I don't have grandchildren yet, but they're grandchildren. How much do you want goodness to be a lineage in your children's lives? And they can look back at their grandpa and great-grandpa and their great-grandpa, and that's you, I'm just talking about that, and, and say, because my Grandpa stuck to his guns. Because my grandpa loved the Lord, because of what he did, I am getting to enjoy the goodness of God. It's a promise. Tell me. Tell me that's not your truest desire. With Sharon, we were talking this week about where we had come from, where her family had come from. And she made this, let my children know beyond anything else that my children love the Lord. Love God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength. Let them love God like that. I've heard Sarah say, Noah, I want you to love the Lord, to know this goodness and happiness and joy. Will it always be happy? No. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be there's going to be times of hardship. But the reality, but what re- this really means is there's got to be there's got to be the prayers of the saints for our children. Truly for our children. Be watchful and obey all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever. When you do what is good, there's a condition here. When you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. When you do that. I was talking to this couple, and they had uh, they had children, and, and uh, they were talking about back in the day. Back in the day when they didn't know God. Back in the day that they did uh, things that, or bad. And they said, our children saw us do those things. It was not good. 
our children saw us at our worst. And they were feeling this condemnation in their life. Can God erase? Can God say, hey, I don't want my children to live like this? You know, you know what? We live the way we are shown. I knew only how to treat my wife like my dad treated his wife. And then I knew that that wasn't the right way, the good way. It, it just wasn't right. And so I came in, into the re- realization of the Bible and how it taught me what to do. And when that came to, to be a, a revelation to me, I knew that there needed to be repentance. Repentance means stop doing it and, and go 180 degrees the opposite direction. When that happened, I began to receive the good things of God within my marriage, within my family, within my family. And let me, uh, let me tell you that it's just not that way everywhere. My examples were football coaches. They really were, Jimmy, I know. <laughs> but they were. <laughs> they, they were the ones that, that taught me. I was at their house, and theirs wasn't perfect. And sometimes not even good. But this is the revelation that God wants you to have of how to live with one another, with one another, and to see the goodness of God. There are results. There are things that become effective in our lives because we live by this word. And he says, when you do what is good and right in the sight of God, in the scripture before, that you do it always, always for your good. Deuteronomy 26.11 in the in the 12.28 it says that it may go well with you and unto your house. I love that. King James said unto your house. And you and the Levite and the stranger and the sojourner among you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. I want you to understand this, that the Levites, we, we are priests. All of us are priests. Peter tells us, you are priests. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and the stranger and the sojourner among you shall rejoice. That the goodness of God is so good to us that even those who are strangers in the tribe that they were in, it was going to be good for them. Why is that? I'm telling you that God will plant you in places to bring his goodness and his blessings to that place. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. 
Where has God planted you? Because you're in that family, blessings come to the family. When you are in a business, this man, this woman are blessings to that school system. Why? Because it's Jimmy and Beth Heath? No, because they bring the presence of God. They bring the wise counsel of the Lord because they know the revelations of God. That's why. And they're not ashamed and they don't hide. Because why? Because God has commanded. Didn't ask them. Say, I'm planting you there for a reason. In a place that is void of God, I'm not saying that place, in a place that is void of God, Christians are a breath of fresh air. Whoa. Patricia. I don't know what her position, I know, I know that she, she does clerical work. Is she the head of the clerical? I don't know. But that's not the issue. The issue is she's in a place giving forth the love of God, giving forth the goodness of God. She can't help it. They can't help it. You can't help it. Why? Because I live my life by the statutes of God. It just seems to affect everyone. It's going to rub off. Do you see sometimes your children mimic you? Noah? (laughs) I'm glad you're married. Who says that? What what child says that? I'm so glad you're married. He 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 prayed at our house the other day. He goes, Father, we all went, Oh God, yes, God, Father, yeah. He brought a presence with him. Why? Because he's seen his parents pray. Because there's something that's going on outside of this building that he gets to experience and see and say, Father, you know, I don't know what he said after that. I wasn't there. But he brought the presence, touched our hearts, even though I heard it afterwards, touched our hearts. Do you want to touch people's heart? I do. I believe you do, especially your children, especially when you come into their presence and you go, let me affect this child with who you are. It's it's so easy for me to see how God continues his, his lineage just by the statutes that he provided us. We cannot do what we have not seen. You understand that? We cannot do if we have not seen. And so God is saying, I'm going to show you how to live by my presence, by the people I put in your lives. I want to show you how to do it. It's going to be different. It's going to be different from your life past. But isn't that a good thing? Isn't that a wonderful thing?
the stranger and the sojourner among you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you in your household. There's a way we can look at things. Have you, have you ever, all of you have, talked with a person who's always seen the negative in every situation? Just, oh, well, you know, they, they're not going to do it because I know who they are. I was talking to a, a, someone at the credit union, talking to someone, and uh, they were having to, to bring me some information, and uh, I was telling them, not, not that person, I was telling another person, they have to bring us information. <laughs> and the guy said, well, good luck with that. I know this person. I know who he is, and I know who he loves, and I know who he follows. And I, I just said, why do you say that? Well, he's just proven himself. I said, yeah, the old man did. The old man, the one that was unregenerated, he may have done that, but that's not him now. He's a totally different person. We can be totally different people by our love and following the statutes and being who he, is, he, who he wants us to be. We can be different. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.6. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong, courageous, firm, Fear not, nor be in terror before them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Wow, what a promise. Be strong and courageous. When do you have to be courageous? When I'm in fear. (laughs) When there's something to be afraid about. And he's going, be courageous. Well, I have to be hopeful in my courage. I have to believe something that's different than what I think is going to happen if the Lord weren't a part of it. They were talking about an army. They were talking about uh, going uh, going up against an enemy who possibly had more soldiers, more horses, that would come against them. Oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to fight? What's going to happen? And he says, be strong and courageous and firm. Fear not. He will not leave you, fail you, or forsake you. When you are in the throes of fear... Is it something you feel like you can control? God says you can. God says you can control that. He says, I command you. He says, be strong and courageous and firm. Well, I'm going to have to work at that. (laughs) Okay, God. Enemy's coming. I know he's about to be here. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Even if you have to repeat it to to yourself hundreds of times, you have to believe that God is able. 
to deliver you. God is able to change, change whatever circumstance into something else. How in the world can Peter or Paul leave a prison with locked doors and guards? How can that happen? Well, God sends a little earthquake, shakes all the prison, all the doors open up, and the guards are scared to death. One guard says, well, I'm just going to go ahead and kill myself because these guys could escape. And they said, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't harm yourself. We're still here. If there was an escape, the guard would have been put to death. He says, don't do it. Don't, don't kill yourself. And, he, and the guard was so astonished. He says, come to my house. You need to tell me about this. God is so good. Everybody involved in that story got saved. Was saved, got saved. And this guy says, I've got I to take you to my house, save my family. And it, it, it's, it's such a good story. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? It's a rhetorical question because it is, yes, I have. I have commanded you. Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't we have a song like this? We have a song. Yeah. Run through the camp. Tell everybody. Have Not I commanded you, be strong, be vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. Why? 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 For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The commands are simple, though they may be Hard to do. But he says, your hope is not in your own strength. See, that's why I'm afraid. Because I'm thinking, I can't do it. And I'm a self-made man. I'm not really. But I'm a self-made man and I can can do all things. You know, I can. Everything that I've done before is because I did it. That's not a true statement. All of a sudden, I'm up, I'm up against something that says, uh-oh, the odds are against me. And he says, don't worry about that. That's not what I want you to worry about. Know that for the Lord your God is with you. Where? Wherever. Wherever you go. Wow. You mean, what if I was on the wrong side of L.A.? God's with you. Be smart. Don't go down there anyway. But, <laughs> but if the Lord tells you, you better go. And says, hey, know that wherever you go, the Lord your God is with you. Okay. Psalm seventy-three twenty-eight. 
we have been having a a lot of uh, testimonies in here, and um, if you're shy about giving a testimony, it's like getting up on a witness stand. It's it's no more than that. When you're up on a witness stand, you are to testify of the things that have happened that you saw. You're not to give any interpretation. You're just to say, this is what happened. This is what the Lord told me. And this is what I did. It's just facts. And the facts of how you felt when God entered that, that time in your life. So, testify. 73:28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord the Lord God, and made him my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Can you give me the King James on that? But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. How many works? All of them. Declare all of them. Oh. Carmen tells everything, you know. When she was little, uh, she she would be the kind that that would. Uh, I'm telling mom and dad, and she thought it was her job. She she said that's my job to be able to tell that every everybody's good. Caleb, Cole, I'm telling because I'm here, and it, we would leave them with grandma sometimes, and grandma wasn't. <clears throat> the best nutritionist, and uh, one time at like three in the morning, uh, I heard the TV going. I got up and I said, uh, "Mom, what are you?" And, and Carmen's sitting on the couch with a donut and a Coke can, and uh, just eating, drinking, three in the morning. I'm going, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Well, she, that's what she wanted, so she got it." <laughs> It is something that we've got to do. It is something that we have to testify to. David here is saying, I trust in the Lord God that I may declare all what he's done for me, all his works, all that's going on. You see, this wasn't about an emotional thing. It was about a thing that was in his heart to do. How many of us... We talk about the things that we love. They talk about grandchildren. They talk about kids. They talk about guns. <laughs> That's not fair. I asked him. <laughs> but we talk about the things that we love. And he said, I love God, and this is what God did for me. I'm telling you, this is real. This is true. Let us declare the works, all the works that God has, has put upon us. Uh, the scripture, uh, it's in Revelation, Tom. Uh, they overcome the evil one by? Yes. And that they not love their lives unto death. And so uh, that's some way we have to ward off the devil. 
and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, you did that when you asked him into your life and the blood washed over you and, and covered your sins. And by the word of their testimony, I'm not saying you have to come up here and get a microphone. I'm saying that I see some of you giving the testimony at a coffee table with, with, with the coffee in your hand sitting across from a friend. You're telling the word of God and how he impacted you. You're testifying. Testifying. Going out further than yourself. They don't know it, but I saw them. I saw them do this. We got out of church, and uh, we were going to Odessa, but we decided to go home and change clothes. And so we were coming back, and I saw um, Jeanette and Daisy out in the front. And they were just talking. I mean, they they were getting after it. They were just, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, I see, I see Janet do this. <laughs> and she's giving her word, man. See, they weren't talking about where they were going to go eat. They were talking about the word of God. They were talking about how this can impact each other's lives. They, they were talking about the Word of God. They were testifying unto the goodness of God. Now, did I hear it? No, I was out in the street, but I knew that's what was happening. I knew that revelation was coming to them. I knew that as they spoke right there, God was impacting their lives according to the Word. Have godly conversations. Have them. I mean, bring it up. Now, well, it might come up or not. No, bring it up. Ask them, how's the Lord treating you today? And if they say bad, say, you liar. Because <laughs> God's always good. And honestly, sometimes it's a kind of a, a nudge to say, get out of your pity party and get into the Word of God. Get out of, of that place that that dark place, and know the goodness of God. Know it. Love Him. Love Him. I command you. Anna Marie, when she spoke a couple of weeks ago, uh, she, she said, what about those other two commandments? We don't see those on buildings. We don't see those hanging up. Love, what's the greatest commandment of all? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Just do that. Do, do that. And the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when Anna Marie told me that, and this is, this is a seedling in, in the dirt, but I pray it to come to be. I would love to see, you know, (laughs) what she said was, you know, we see granite things of the Ten Commandments. What about the other, the two commandments? And I'm going, maybe we should petition the commissioners or the courthouse or whoever we need to talk to and get a, a granite thing and say, have this as a cornerstone of our community to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then number two, 
in this community, we love our neighbors as ourselves. How cool would that be? To declare the word of God at our courthouse. To declare the word of God. To say this is, Craig was talking about, I want the keys to this city. I want the keys to this city so that what? They may honor God. I want the keys to the city so people will be healed. I want the keys to the city so people will be saved. I want the keys to the city that we may rid this place of illness and disease. I want the keys to this city. God, give us the keys to this city. Man, I'm praying it. I'm praying it. I say, what's his name? The the guy the guy that gave you the 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 trash bin, Alan Swinford. I believe that he owns that place where there used to be a gas station, and now it's all torn down. It's right there in the middle of town, right there. Where it's an empty empty block. Who? Oh, okay, somebody else owns it. I don't know why I thought they. Did. I said, what if we put a granite thing right there? What if, we put, what if we put right there in the middle of our town that declaration? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. What if, what if the granite was right there in the middle of our city? What a declaration that would be. I just, I believe that. I'm getting excited about that, just praying. <laughs> John 16.33 pray, pray to God to give you a testimony. Give me a testimony to declare your works. Give me, give me the words because you already have a testimony. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have a testimony. You know? John, 1633. I have told you these things so that in, in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, listen to this, in the world you, may, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Who, who, who have, has them or has had them? <laughs> That kind of covers everybody. Because <laughs> you're not getting out of here without some of those. Tribulations, trials, and frustrations. Distress. The next few words right there is awesome. But. The word, the word but right there, that is it... Uh, I was going to say contractual word. Conjunction word. That conjunction word right there. Be, but. He's saying, has anybody ever come to you and apologized about something? And said, you know, Caleb, I, I'm really sorry that I got onto you for this and that. But. And then you hear that and you're going, you ain't sorry. <laughs> That's not the way that works. 
I, you know, because everything you're about to say after that justifies why they did the first part. You know, I'm justifying why I was, I was mad. And justification means I'm still right. <laughs> That's what that means. I'm still right for what I did, and you should know that. But that's not what he says. This is, he says, you're going to have these things happen, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. He's saying all that stuff's going to happen to you because you live in the world. Adam and Eve screwed up. They sinned against God and brought upon us sin and destruction and all of those things. And he says, I'm going to fix it for you. I'm going to send Jesus. And Jesus is going to die, but he's going to be resurrected. And he's going to bring with that power. He's going to bring that the Holy Spirit to be in your life. So you don't have to stay that way. You don't. You don't have to stay that way. Let me ask you this. Have you ever come problems? I mean, it's just, it's just the way things happen. You come with problems, and you, you go up to Joseph, and you said, you know, man, this has been kind of a hard week. Uh, I want to, you know, I don't know, kick up your heels and howl at the moon. And he said, Joseph, would you pray for me? He'll, sure, I'll pray for you. And so he prays for me. Better yet, let's do it this way. Joseph is praying, and all of a sudden my name comes up. He goes, he's about to go shoot the moon. And then Joseph comes to me and says, man, uh, how you doing? Not good, Joseph, not good at all. And he says, well, let, let's pray. We pray, all of a sudden... Things have lifted off of me. I don't feel that heaviness right here in, in my belly. I, I mean, I'm going, man, things have changed in me. Did my circumstances change? No, they didn't. But just this contact helped me get past what trials and tribulations and distress and frustration bring to my life. They, they're there for a reason. And so even though the circumstances haven't changed, this has changed. I see things more clearly. And then I'm girded up. I have strength. And I go to my knees and I start praying, God, fix this problem in my life. Whatever it is, fix that problem. I don't have enough money, God. I, I need money. I need help. Craig says, I need a million dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who of us is going to ha- write a check to Craig for a million dollars? None of us. But did he need a million dollars in his hand, or did he need someone to say, I forgive you a million dollars? It's the same thing. You don't have to pay eight thousand eight hundred thousand dollars god rescued him he rescued him did he put a million dollars in his hand no but he rescued him you don't know how the lord's going to show up you don't know how the lord's going to change things i was talking to jimmy about uh 
finances and, and talking to him about, man, they're, they're kind of tough. And I said, but I got a revelation. I got a revelation of what to do with this specific little area. And I was light. I did it. Everything worked out. But if I hadn't got the revelation that God sent me, I would have still be in that same situation. You see, sometimes God will just give you an idea. He'll give you the way to get out of it yourself. Now, if I'd have said, no, I'm, I'm waiting for the money in my hand. He said, well, you're going to wait for a long time. Because the idea, what God supplied, he's my supplier, he's my provider, even if he just provides the thought to get me out of it. Have you ever had contention within people? You, you just had contention. And God says, and, and it hurts your heart. It, it just does. It's like, man, I, I wish that hadn't happened or I hadn't said that or whatever, whatever was the breach. And God says, well, go ask for forgiveness. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. First of all, I'm still mad. And second of all, it means they won. Or you think they won. And God says, just go ask. Just just go to them and tell them your heart. It hurts that we're not in good relationship. Forgive me. Because I don't want this breach anymore. And lo and behold, the Lord had preceded you in their lives. And they said, man, I'm sorry too. I I loved our relationship and I didn't want anything to come in between it. That's an idea that's gold. It's gold. And I'm telling you, God will do that kind of thing. Speak to him. He has the answer. Not that God couldn't give a million dollars. I believe that. <laughs> Jimmy tells Jimmy tells you know your favorite scripture is um, you don't have because you don't ask. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I really do. Romans twelve one and two. Romans twelve one and two. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Number two. Verse two. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove. Look at that. Look at that. You may prove. Who proves? Who provides? God provides. What do you do? You prove. 
for yourselves, you've got to prove it to yourself, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. You are, you are the proof of God's power. Anna Marie is the proof of God's power working in her. Do you know that stuff that she takes is poison? And yet, she really looks good. They told Craig, we're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at you. And she smiles. She smiles. Do you think that there's been a renewal in her mind and by its new ideas and its new attitude so that you may prove? You think Anna Marie knows that scripture? You think she knows it? I think she knows it. I think I ought to know it in my little hangnail. You know? But it's, it's just not about illness and sickness. It's about your attitude just about the day. Do, do you wake up going, oh, me, oh, my, it's Monday, because it's coming tomorrow. What will be your attitude? A new opportunity to serve God? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. A new opportunity to know more of him. You know, every time there's a, a victory and righteousness in your, in your realm of living, you see another part of God. I've got to be changed. I've got to look at it differently. I've got, because it's not working too good for me right now with this attitude. It's just not working. I've got to change. The definition of crazy is doing, doing something, not changing, and expecting a different result. That's crazy. You keep on doing it, you keep on doing it, and go, why isn't this changing? Because you're doing the same thing. That's why. There's got to be a change. The goodness of God. Romans says that the goodness and the gentleness of God brings us to repentance. Isn't that good? We believe that just beating them until they can't see daylight is the way to do it. But God doesn't. God said the goodness, the goodness of God brings us to repentance. Not always. Sometimes he has to chastise us. But he doesn't start there. He starts with his goodness and his gentleness. But we are to prove. We are to prove God's goodness in our lives. We are to prove God's ability to overcome. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.8. We are the proof. 2 Corinthians 9.8. For God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance. He's able to do that. 
Say, God is able. God is able to make all grace come to you. What if I were to change the word grace there? God is able to make all ability come to you. What if we were able to say, God is able to make all power abound toward you. Take it out of the word grace. Take it out of a religious place that you're going, grace, I really don't know what that means. But put in a word that means that, but that you really recognize. God is able to bring all power to you. God is able to bring all ability to you, toward you. I mean, wow. What is it that we can't do? I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Philippians, like Craig was saying, is a book of experience. This is experience. That which I could not do, I was able to do because God made it come to me. God made it come to me. I see a miracle every time I get a revelation from God. And I know it's from God. You're talking about provision. Oh, my gosh. That in itself is the provision of the Lord. Maybe I can finish this up later. For it in Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good will. Philippians 2.13. Not in your own strength. <laughs> I've proven that time and time again. For it is God who is all the while effectually, effectually work at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, the power and the desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Do you ever consider that in your life? That he delights in you. I mean, that should bring a smile to your face. He delights in you. He delights hanging around you. He wants to be with you. He delights in you. I can't imagine the hurt that maybe God felt in the garden. He's walking. Adam's usually by his side. And he, and he says, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was. But he said, Adam, where are you? What he's really asking is, what's in your heart that you aren't standing beside me? What happened? Something happened. Where are you? God delights in us. God truly desires you to worship, praise him, glorify him. He wants you. And it is my good pleasure to give it to him. Give it to him. Whatever he wants, whatever he desires, it's yours. It's <laughs> that was just Roman numeral one. There's Roman numeral. <laughs> um, but man, we're going to stop there. Because I, I just believe, I believe that God truly wants 
you to know some things. Remember, we started last week off with, I know, I know, and I got the scriptures to prove it. I know because God has told me. I know because I've experienced it. I know because the word of God says it. I know. I know God delights in me. I know he is able to provide everything I need. Close your eyes. Father, right now, I pray that each and every one of us are looking to what you want to infuse us with, what you want to bring to our attention, whether it be financial, whether it be relationship, whether it be sickness, whatever the situation, God. I pray right now you have the ability to give me what I need to prove your goodness, to prove what you want to happen in my life, my marriage, in my children, in this city. I continue to pray for the keys, the keys to this city, the keys to people's hearts. Show me, God, how to unlock those things. Father, we're we're praying that we are a force, a presence in the city of Crane. And, Father, I pray that we are a presence in the people that are around us. Father, make me an instrument to your glory. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. The Lord God Almighty really does desire you. And if you haven't come to a decision in your life that you want the Lord, that you want to be washed as white as snow like we talked about and sang about, raise your hand. You can accept him here right now today. Lord, I just pray right now that your desire be known to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Yeah, we begin with knowing the word and applying the word, and then once you apply that word, you live it and you have that experience that he talked about. Then you become that man with an experience who is no longer at the mercy of a man with an argument. When you live the word of God, it proves itself in what you're doing. You, you prove it by what you do. And then you say, I don't care what you, you believe or what you want to argue about. All I know is what I lived and what I know has happened in my life. No longer at the mercy of an argument. So it's a good word, Arthur. Thank you. Um.